Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here, Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you on another podcast episode. Today, I interview a special guest. He was actually a member of our course, the Ultimate Civil PE Review Program. If you are interested in that, definitely check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com or go to civilpereviewcourse.com and you can check that out. But today, I bring on Brenton Krieger. He is awesome. He is a volunteer, does volunteer work for engineers in action, helping to build bridges, frequents Africa a lot to help build bridges over there. Also is heavily involved with students and student chapters to help these bridges be built. But I wanted to detail his journey into passing the civil PE exam. He ended up taking the structural engineering depth exam. So we talk about everything from his story into civil engineering and why he chose structural engineering. He has a fascinating story of switching between environmental and going into structural engineering. But anyway, it's all detailed in the podcast episode. It's a really great episode with Brenton. I hope you enjoy this one. If you're studying for the PE exam, it's going to be one you want to listen to. He shares some tips that he went through as he practiced and studied for this exam as well. So anyway, it's going to be a good episode. I hope you're interested in that. If you're liking these, definitely give us a like and a subscribe and um, leave some comments. We love hearing about those. Anyway, hope you're doing well. The episode's going to be coming up with Brenton right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is awesome. It's 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. If you have not tried these, I don't know what's wrong with you. They recently came out with a coconut brownie chunk, which is amazing. I'm a big coconut fan, so if you're in the coconut camp, you got to try that. If not, what's wrong with you? Just kidding. They have lots of other different flavors, so go check them out. They have strawberry, they've got cherry lime, peanut butter brownie, coconut. Again, different types of coconut bars, raspberry, double chocolate, and all kinds of stuff. This stuff is way better than a candy bar for you. Definitely a snack you want as you're studying for your FE or PE. It's got 130 calories, only 2.5 grams of fat, 4 net carbs, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. This is way better than what's out there for other protein bars and definitely better than candy bars. So go check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash bill and use our discount code of C-I-V-A-C and you'll get a 10% off on anything that you order there. So go check that out. Hey, have you struggled to find time to actually read a book? I know I have. Life is busy, four kids, all of that jazz. It makes it really hard to actually sit down and read a book. So you know what I turn to? I turn to Audible and we have an affiliate with them. If you go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash Audible, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. You can jump on and find your favorite titles to go anywhere with you. Use that link. You'll get 30 days for free. You'll also get a couple of credits. And if you're already a Prime member, you'll get two credits, which is good for some premium selection titles that you can actually keep. But go check them out. I really have enjoyed Atomic Habits by James Clear, which gives you an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. They've got fun ones like Dune that are on there and tons of others. So if you're in the hunt to find time in your day to listen to books, definitely give them a shot. Go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. And go get a free 30-day trial of Audible. Go check them out. All right, Brenton, we are live and rolling. I got a, a little bit different background going on here because we're in the midst of a move. It's kind of messy, but I uh, appreciate you jumping on and making the time to uh, jump on the podcast with me. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. We connected a little bit over the course that you're a part of, which is our Civil Engineering Academy PE course, the Ultimate Civil PE Review course. 
you were able to pass that exam, which is awesome. And I just wanted to kind of get your own journey as to how you prepared for that, maybe tips that you may have for others. But before we even jump into that, I'd love to just, I always ask this with people, but how did you find yourself into this world of civil engineering? Why did you go this route? Yeah, that's a great question and something I still have to ask myself sometimes. But uh, yeah, I think I've always loved the world of more like tangible design that you get to get to see and, and feel. And I started off in environmental engineer and my undergrad at UC Berkeley, and they lumped it all in together with civil engineering, which I didn't do my proper research, didn't realize that was all, you know, kind of the same field. I was like, I want to save the world. So I'm going to be an environmental engineer. <laughs> Why are they making me take these classes about concrete? I don't care anything about concrete. And now, of course, I spend so much time thinking about concrete. <laughs> yeah, and it started off with that. And then I actually ended up falling in love with civil engineering more so in the realm of more building structures and small-scale residential design. And then actually for my current job, ended up realizing how much I love bridge design. And that's where, wow. where I'm at. Wow, that's a big shift. So yeah. I know you're doing bridge design now. Could you describe you know, who you work for and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I work for a small NGO nonprofit called Engineers in Action. And I work for the bridge program. So there's just six of us. And a few of them live in various countries and we, we, we work, which is right now Bolivia and Eswatini, which is very close to South Africa. Then we have our director and development director and me, and I work on all of the technical aspects. So kind of oversee the technical side of all of our bridges we build each year. And a big portion of the program is working with students. So probably 90% of our bridges are built in collaboration with various university groups university chapters. And I kind of serve as the TA for all of these university chapters. We work in 24 different universities right now. And I help them go through the process of designing the bridge, go through the process of thinking about constructability, and then actually getting them prepped to travel over the summer for six weeks, where they go and implement their bridge project. And it's uh, wow. yeah, really rewarding in my work. It's broken up a lot, like seasonally, like we have very much a design phase, a education phase, construction phase kind of thing. So what I'm doing changes every three months. That's amazing. And how do you manage all that? <laughs> That's just a lot of moving pieces. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of moving pieces, even more when I start studying for the PE. But uh, the flexible schedule is nice for me. I, I guess I'm lucky in that the way my brain works, it, I need to stay organized. So I make a lot of to-do lists and compartmentalize my time a lot. And everybody works in a different time zone. And I've learned how to say no to meetings that aren't necessary. That's probably the number mm -hmm. one takeaway I've had so far is, is ask, do we really need to have this meeting? Or can I record myself speaking for five minutes and send it to you to explain what I mean? So that saved me a lot of time, but I work at all different hours. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes it can be frustrating, but uh, different yeah. time zones, huh? Yeah, just staying on top of things that need to get done and scheduling it works for me. I guess not to dwell too much on it, but I think engineers in action is, is awesome. Would you have a quick pitch for other engineers that may be listening to this to sign up and join or a website? What would you recommend that they go? Yeah, I, I don't know if you link with show notes or anything like that, but yeah. uh, I'll send you the information for our website. We would love for people to get involved. We're always looking for volunteers. We have two main methods of or modalities for getting involved. One is via specific university chapter. So if you're involved with your university as alumni and you want to help out, 
there's a lot of universities we have chapters in, or we are in contact with some people who want to start a chapter, but might not have the resources for that. So that's an awesome way to get involved. And the other way is through the matchmaker program, we call it. That's kind of the more of the company route in which kind of a company connects with us that will connect them with a specific student chapter. And it's an awesome recruitment opportunity is kind of the biggest selling point. You get to work with the students throughout the entire year and then ultimately go and travel with them and build the bridge with them. And we find that companies are really excited about this opportunity to work really intimately with these students and ultimately for recruitment to see if they want to come work for that company kind of serves as an interview when they're on the bridge site together and you get a really intimate view of how the students work and they think and how they would be if they would be successful in you know your specific career and it's a great opportunity for students to to kind of ask the questions to these mentors that they've become really familiar with about the career and you know learn things that they might not have otherwise thought to ask or have known so that's the other modality to, to get involved Sounds like a great program. So we'll make sure we link that in the show notes so others can check it out as well. You're dealing with that. Let's talk about how did you manage your time with engineers in action, doing bridges, in addition to start preparing for your PE exam? How did you manage all of that? Yeah, like I mentioned, I think having a flexible schedule helped a lot because I found that I couldn't just study 30 minutes here or there and check that box. I really needed to get into the more like deep work headspace. So being able to just block two hour chunks of my calendar off, not just, you know, way before work or way after work, but usually in the morning, I would block off two hour chunks to study. And that was really useful for me and really helpful. And just having my coworkers knowing that I was doing that and kind of letting me be for that time is useful. And then I think ultimately I kind of wanted to take the exam and get prepared for a long time. And then I had a had a moment where I was like, I reached the point where I was ready. I felt like I was ready and I wanted it enough that I just made the time. If you could describe what was your motivation for earning your PE license then? Yeah. So we spoke a, a bit about this offline, but I'll, I'll say again, for work, the places we work, there's no authority having jurisdiction. But from a moral code standpoint, ethics standpoint, we do have this internal kind of rule or regulation that we have a professional engineer who is overseeing each bridge project. And at this point in my career with Engineers in Action, I've overseen over 40, 50 of these projects, but I've always had to be under another professional engineer kind of checking my work. So for the efficiency of the organization, just have my license. It's going to really improve and really help our organization structure because we can you know, dedicate those professional engineers who want to volunteer and help to projects, to projects that might need more of their time instead of spreading them more thin. And I can oversee more projects without having to use the use up, you know, precious volunteer time because we really appreciate our, our volunteers and we don't want to overstress all that they do. So if I can take on more of these projects with my license, which I can now, you know, it's going to save everybody time. And that was the main motivation and selfishly a bit for just my own professional development, my own e stroking my own ego, I guess I wanted to have this achievement. That's a big thing in, in civil engineering. So, And tell us uh, what depth, I'm assuming you did the structural depth exam? Yeah, I took the structural depth exam. Before we dive into any other questions, would you have any tips for anyone else that's preparing for the structural engineering depth exam that would you would find helpful? I guess I was surprised in how many questions I got that were things maybe I didn't study as much 
as I thought. So I guess no topic is out of the question. Don't think, oh, that's not going to happen to me because I did have a little moment on the exam where I was like, and I put in all this work and this is how I'm going to go down. I think at least for me, because I operate in a lot of the theoretical structural engineering field, I am not wasn't as familiar with some of the codes that maybe some people in more classic standard engineering or bridge engineering jobs might have. But for me, the practice problems were, were really essential. I just I did everyone I could get my hands on. And then I did as much that I could get people to send me from all different years and things like that. And I, you know, I guess keeping in mind that the efficacy of the problems from say 2012 isn't going to be as great as more recent ones, but it just helped me flipping through the books and or command effing through the books. Well, let's dive into a little bit. You were a member of our course, but how did you end up discovering, I guess, Civil Engineering Academy on this journey? I actually discovered you all through the podcast. I have used podcasts as I know that's a great learning method for me. So I had used that in the past for language learning and, and other things. And my first step maybe a year ago was to start looking up on Spotify, various podcasts and downloading things to listen to offline. And I listened to y'all's podcast and it seemed the most put together of all the podcasts I'd listened to. So then it was on the short list for the course uh, when I ultimately decided I wanted to do that, which I'm grateful I did. I think there was a great like a deal going on. So that was the like the nail in the coffin. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're glad you remember. I guess as you're as we're thinking about the course itself and you were part of that, what was I guess for you the most helpful part of that course? Or really for anybody who's considering a course, what's the benefit of joining one? Yeah, I think just like having everything laid out for you in the various topics is the number one, I mean, a lot of people gave that advice and have given that advice, but just kind of narrowing down all the different topics that you need to know on the type of problems you're going to get asked was huge for me because I started off just, I bought the CIRM and I started reading it and I was so overwhelmed about what was going to be in the course and trying to put myself in someone's shoes of writing something like CIRM, you're going to want to be really comprehensive and include all this information as someone who is an educator, like I understand that, but a lot of that information is not going to be the exam, right? So I saw, you know, going through the courses that y'all put together was really helpful for that. I think just awesome. Yeah, just the information was number one. And then, of course, like I said before, practice problems was a big thing for me. Yeah, practice is a huge deal. Were you able to, I guess, set up any sort of environment or did you have any tips around taking practice exams? Did you feel like taking those is crucial to your prep or how did you go about doing that? Yeah, I did one paper practice exam and then I did the CBT exam that you all put together and that was really, really helpful. I kind of tried to set up a test environment and I think I was more nervous for my practice, my first practice exam than I was for the actual exam because I took it about a month before the exam and I was kind of thinking like, I really wanted to do well so that I could relax a little bit and know that my studying was working. But I, yeah, I tried to just set up a, a similar or not a similar environment necessarily, but I just set myself up with the time chunk and did it as fast as possible. And tried to include myself, like all of the grading as well, to try to get my brain ready to be thinking for that long at that level. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the PE is no easy task. And we try to mimic those practice exams, try to keep them lifelike to the real exam as best we can. And so as part of that, we developed that CBT exam simulator to try to mimic that. So 
glad you were able to go through that. Would you have any other tips around preparing for your PE that you would share with anyone? I think what I found myself craving and didn't have was someone to study with or to mm. explain why an answer was right or an answer was wrong. And I think taking the course and having your team to be able to answer those questions was awesome. I felt a lot of inertia to actually reach out and ask a question a lot. But whenever I did, it was answered extremely quickly, which was great. But uh, I think also just having someone to talk it through and draw on a piece of paper or whatever, you know, however your brain works and ask questions about why certain things were right or why certain things were wrong or and then just explaining or someone else who doesn't know and being able to teach them helps so much. I mean, having support or at least being with people that are going through the same situation you are at the time you're going through it. I think is pretty crucial for people studying these exams, either the FE or the PE exam, because, you know, you're all in the same boat. And so you need help. And if someone's there that can help you, then all the better. So support was something we really try to jump on and make sure people get questions answered and feel comfortable asking questions. I think one of the best things about our support group is that it's a, a very open group. It's very supportive. People can come in and um, commiserate if they have failed, celebrate when they've won, any everything in between. So oftentimes the, I'm noticing the people that even come and visit our courses are repeat takers. So would you have any advice that you would give for someone that has to repeat this exam or is in the dumps because, you know, maybe this is their eighth time or something? What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I would say... Amper on again, like the having a support group, I think a lot of the times I, or even just someone to study with, I think a lot of the times I opted to do it alone because like I said, I have a pretty flexible schedule, but I think I would have been learning at a higher level if I had been working with somebody and coordinated with someone to do that, even though it felt like that was a bit of a barrier to just waking up and walking downstairs and sitting at my kitchen table and spreading out everything and doing problems. But to actually work with somebody on those problems, I think helps a lot or would have helped a lot more because I did that a little bit towards the end where I was asking a friend some questions and I was like, wow, this is so much easier than came out on my own. And then I guess the other advice would be, I mean, I would assume just not letting yourself get too down about it or taking it too personally. I like to think of myself as a pretty good test taker my whole life. I've been very lucky to have whatever that is to feel like when I'm taking the test, I'm thinking and performing the best that I could be at that moment. And I still felt like I had a moment where I thought I was going to, I mean, they don't give you your score sheet back, but I had a moment where I had to get it together <laughs> during the exam. And I was like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So I think just being easy on yourself probably is a good thing to do to help self get back up and, you know, try to take it again. I totally agree. Great advice. Well, you know, a lot of people, yeah, that do fail. Sometimes they tie their self-worth to this exam or they start hating the NCES. And if you're kind of doing that, you're fighting a losing battle. So attitude's a big part of the exam, going in with the right mindset and uh, knowing you can do this. And it sounds like you're a great test taker. So that's awesome. If someone was out there comparing different courses, why would you suggest to them to reach out to CEA and check out their course, check out our course? Yeah, I think the course is really well organized. I didn't take any other courses, so full disclosure, you know, I can only give <laughs> advice on like your course. But uh, I could say that the course, I, I walked away from the breath section thinking like 99% sure that I got every single one right. And that was just from doing, I did nothing but the breath course you all had and did all the practice problems. So I felt like that was 
way more comprehensive than I could even imagine. Just you hit all the problem types, or maybe I got lucky, but it seemed like every problem type I experienced on the exam was just super similar to what y'all had in the breadth course. So that was, I can just you know, give a thumbs up to that. And then the the depth course I thought was awesome. There's obviously a lot of information to cover there and a lot of um, you know different directions you can go with that. But I felt like the depth course gave me probably 75% of what I needed to know and then sent me on my way with the resources I needed to get that last 25%. And I also appreciated that you could take all of the depth courses. So I just went ahead and took all the depth courses. I didn't like take intensive notes or anything on them. But after I took the structural one, I thought it would be interesting. I was like, well, I I paid for this. I'm going to soak up all the knowledge I can get. So I took all the other depth courses and I thought they were great too, just for learning about the field and things that I didn't take as a course in my undergrad or master's and things like that. That's awesome. I'm glad you were able to take advantage of that. So that's great advice. Is there any other tips, any surprises that came on the exam that you would share with others that are getting prepared for this big event? Specific subjects or topics or right. theory stuff that came up or, you know, yeah, I remember taking it, off guard if they yeah. try to trick you on something, you know, any of that. I remember a few specific questions I won't share, but because they just took me so off guard, but the topic was on un- welding. I probably got like nine welding related questions what was the depth portion. And I was surprised by that. There were some alternative question types for welding. And yeah, I probably had four or five of the alternative question types as well. So it was more than it seemed like I had read from others. Those seemed easy though. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. afraid of those because it almost seemed like they were testing those out and they were pretty straightforward, the alternative question type ones. Awesome. I felt like those were those were more sure deals, but the welding stuff definitely threw me off guard. <laughs> I haven't had to do any in for work. I or before I had never had to do any structural calculations for welds. So I really focused on that because I thought that was going to be a, you know, something that both I wanted to learn how to do and if it came up on the exam, but there were a lot of like qualitative weld type questions that I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. I'm out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's definitely a surprise to note. So any other last second tips you would share with anyone else, Brennan? Beyond what I've said, just make the time to do it. And, or I guess uh, my tip would be make sure that you wanted enough to put the time in because anybody could take the exam. You could get lucky, but it's a pretty expensive thing to just get lucky. If you really want it, I think you can put the time in and you can eventually get done, whether it takes one or two or three times. But yeah, thinking about your motivations as to why you want to be studying and why you want to be sitting for the exam and getting your PE are probably really important things to think about. Well, Brenton Krieger, thank you for joining us today on the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. If people wanted to reach out to you, say they had questions about anything, is there a good way for our audience to connect with you? Yeah, just my email, brenton.krieger at eiabridges.org. I can send that over to you. And that's a, you know, a great way to connect with me if you're interested in what we do at Engineers in Action or tips on the any further tips on the exam stuff. Happy to help. We'll go ahead and link that. I feel like we could do a whole nother show on Engineers in Action and the projects you've probably worked on. Maybe we'll save that one for a later date, but appreciate you jumping on and doing this with me. And uh, we'll talk to you later. 
Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.